Now, did I have another picture there? There it is. All right, so just to give you an example of what was happening in this scene, all of this down here, that's an army. <laughs> all of that's people. These orcs and these evil humans, that little bit up there is where all the humans are, trying to fight back. They're surrounded. That up there is the main keep that eventually is overrun, and that's where this scene is taking place. All right, so here I am. I'm reading the two towers, and this passage comes into focus. I focus on the reality that I understand that feeling of the King of Rohan. How can anything which was once considered strong stand against such forces? How can light shine in the darkness when the darkness looks so bleak? When I see sorrow, pain, suffering, grief, how can anything withstand such emotions? How can anything overcome? Well, it's with this thought as I'm reading all this that I continue to read Tolkien. Now this is what the king ends up concluding after his forlorn words. He says this, The end will not be, so, will not be long, said the king. But I will not end here, taken like an old badger in a trap. Snowmane and Hassiful and the horses of my guard are in the inner court. When dawn comes, I will bid men sound Helm's horn, and I will ride forth. Will you ride with me then, son of Arathorn? Maybe we shall cleave a road or make such an end as will be worth a song if any be left to sing of us hereafter. What are we seeing happen in this story? We are seeing a resolution. Theoden, despite seeing all the darkness of the enemy army, despite seeing his own demise, resolves not to just lay down and die. Nay, he will ride out on his horse and he will fight. He will not let the darkness simply overcome. He will do whatever is in his power to fight back. He resolves to do something in the midst of darkness. So why did I decide to talk about orcs, sorcerers, horses, and men at war? Why did I bring all this up? The answer is that I see so much of our own world in it. Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis. They were both masters when it comes to lore and to myth. They recognized that such things held little truths scattered within them. They recognized that within they could find elements of honor, dignity, heroism that is so necessary for humanity. That's why we love these stories. We love hearing about these things. But at the same time, they also recognize the truth between the forces of darkness versus the forces of light. And this story, which many would find silly, I don't. In this story, we're able to see glimpses of our own world around us. That's what makes Tolkien and Lewis so remarkable in their own way. So it is, in this story, I see, again, a reflection of the time. I see that as I reflect on the old year gone by, 
that my reflection is much like Theoden. Indeed, the world changes. How shall any tower withstand such numbers and reckless hate when we look back on it? How can any person withstand such numbers with reckless hate? It is then that I take heart with what I read in Tolkien, for in this brief encounter with Theoden, this tired and exhausted king, I see a call not to give up at the dawn. Instead, ride on, fight on, live on. It then makes me think of the scriptures. It makes me think of Abraham taking young Isaac up to the mountain in Moriah. It makes me think of Moses before Pharaoh. It makes me think of David and Goliath. It makes me think of the prophets of God, rejected, despised. It makes me think of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness by the devil. It makes me think of his weeping and his anger at the death of Lazarus and of the sorrow in the garden before he bore our debt on the cross. It makes me think of Peter at Pentecost. It makes me think of Paul. Barnabas, Silas. In all of these individuals, do you know what I see? I see those who were resolved to follow faithfully. I see those who were surrounded by darkness, and yet by faith they took each step. I see people who made resolutions to do nothing more than to honor God. Indeed, each one, with the focus on Jesus himself, bore a light in the darkness which we still see shining today. This concept of resolutions, that's the second thing that comes to mind when we talk about New Year's. Now a resolution is simply a way of saying that you are resolved in a particular direction. Thus the New Year is not only a time of reflection, It's also a time of resolution. It is a time to take what we've learned and apply it. A time to consider the future of what we would want to be different. The new year in our culture indicates a changing of something. Now the question we all must ask ourselves during this time is, what would I like to change? Well, some of us, will likely make a resolution such as, I want to eat healthier. Some of us might be more specific and say, I want to lose weight. Some might say, I want to manage my finances better. Others will say, I want to travel the world. Others say, I want to have more fun. Others will say, I'm going to make a resolution that I can achieve, like Pat did, (laughs) which is, don't get arrested and and don't die. (laughs) You know, Now, generally, I don't have any qualms with these things. Truth be told, I could eat better. I could lose weight. But do you know what I think is something we could resolve to do which would be even greater than these? Something that we read in 2 Thessalonians. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. And every work of faith by his power. So that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. And you in him according to the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you just to look at that. 
Let's resolve this. <laughs> that we would pray this for ourselves. That God would make us worthy of His calling. You, worthy of His calling. That God would fulfill every resolve He has for good and every good work of faith by His power in you. That is that we would live in repentance and live for the glory of God here and now. That Christ would be glorified in us and likewise that we would be glorified in Him. All in the grace of our God and His Son. Let's resolve for this. Let's make this our resolution. This world, it's full of darkness. It is full of things which attempt to say to us, have no hope, have no faith, have no love. This world of darkness would seek to cause us to turn our back on all that is good, to turn our back on our God. Saying to us that we would be better off without. Indeed, this world is seeking to destroy us. So where do we have hope? Where do we place our faith? In what do we lay the foundation of love? If the world is so dark as we have seen, where shall our salvation come It comes from Jesus, as we read in John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness hath not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome Christ, and the darkness will not overcome Christ. Praise God for what he has accomplished through his son. For through his son he has defeated all forms of darkness. If this is the case, then what of us? Well, what do we read in 1 John? Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Our resolve should be this. To live for the glory of Jesus. To overcome the darkness by seeking to glorify Christ. Do you know what we find if we do? We find that the power of Christ is greater than any other. Indeed, it is not surprising for us to remember the words again from 1 John 3.8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil are vast. We see it in the world around us, in reflections of this past year. But what do we learn? We learn that the works of the devil are being destroyed by the Son of God, and not only the devil's works. Thus the evil done in the world is being undone by Christ. He accomplished this through the cross. And in our redemption, we are called to partake. 
For it is in Christ that we are called children of God. It is because of Christ that we are called salt and light of the world. As Christ taught in Matthew 5, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is all done because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross. For through his suffering, we find peace. Through his death, we find life. Through his obedience, we find our salvation. Not only is this salvation and redemption our eternal destinies, but it begins here and now as we live in step with the Spirit of God by faith in Christ, glorifying our Father in heaven. To resolve ourselves by not letting the darkness dictate and rule, but making a resolution to shine the light of Christ. All of this leads me back to earlier. I mentioned how as I was writing this sermon, there's that big picture of Carissa on my desk. It's like, it's on a a really big frame actually. It's very interesting. It's a large picture. And again, uh, taken a few days after we lost the twins. Now I mentioned the sorrow, but I didn't mention everything. I didn't mention the beauty. I didn't mention the sun shining on my wife as she holds her tummy. I didn't mention the field and Carissa's radiance on the field, on the hill. I didn't mention the fact that in the midst of grief, there can be so much beauty and even blessings to behold. That light has shined in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This past year, it was hard in many ways on many different people. But the truth is, even the hard times cannot take away our blessings. Even though we wept extensively, and even though many still do weep, the truth is God has always been faithful and good. Even though children were lost, houses were built. Even though sickness occurred, healing did as well. Even though sorrow and grief happened, our God shoulders all of our sorrow and grief, so we are never alone. Even though there were tears, there was also joy and laughter. When it comes to this year then, and as we consider the realities of all that is before us, let us not grow faint of heart. We are all to recognize nothing will get easier as long as darkness exists. We are at war against it. Let us be resolved to make war against it. Let us now make our resolution together to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. To praise Him in our strength and weakness. To worship Him in our joys and our pains. To with tears of grief and sorrow worship Him by saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord. To see His light even in our darkness. 
and to be light in the darkness. My dear family, it is a time for reflection and resolutions. Let's make new resolutions. New resolutions that will not last a day or a month or a year. Instead, let us make resolutions that will last a lifetime. This is our time to shine our light in the world. If we make no other resolution, if we resolved to do nothing more, if we make no other claim, then let us at least make this one together, to shine brightly in Westfield. To shine brightly in the world around us, to our neighbors, our friends, our families. The new year is upon us. Let us resolve to let our light shine upon all the darkness until there is no darkness left. For we are children of God, and we can glorify him by shining brightly for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. My only question is this. Will you join in this resolution? Will you ride out against the darkness? Who will be resolved to stand for Christ, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for the rest of our lives? Will you? Will you make these new resolutions? Will you be the light? The world is waiting for us. Shine brightly and let them know the goodness of our God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that through your Son, Jesus Christ, we can make resolutions that are not merely for a day or an hour, a minute, a week, a year, but we can make resolutions that last lifetimes. We can make resolutions that not only last a lifetime, but last into the next age. For Lord, we know that faithfulness to you, it's eternal. Faithfulness to you leads us into all life, the life of your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, As we reflect on the year, let us shine light upon even this past year. And as we reflect on the future, let's be resolved to shine light into the future. We are blessed because we can reflect the light of Jesus Christ. May his light shine in us. We thank you for all that you have done, Lord. We thank you for all that you have accomplished, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Please rise as we sing our final hymn, Be Thou My Vision.